So many employees in big companies need to make presentations to their own staff, um, their team, their customers. I mean, in some organizations, almost everybody has to do that. And people have to make presentations to volunteers. I mean, obviously, the CEOs and the directors of the company and then non-executive directors of the company need to be able to represent the company. They have to go on the radio, they have to go on TV, uh, they have to be interviewed, they have to speak to journalists after they launch their, after they reveal their annual report. And at the same time, as all these people have to make presentations, a huge number of companies, in my experience, provide inadequate training. I'll put it that way. I mean, some provide no training at all. There are, of course, great exceptions, but too few companies provide adequate training for all of their staff who need to talk on behalf of the company or who need to talk internally on behalf of, in relation to policy or objectives or, you know, the, the ability of the team to gel and work more effectively together. And there are innumerable situations where people have to make really short contributions at meetings. Even for sake of argument, a contribution of no more than one minute. And you know what, in all these uh, presentations and in all these contributions, people are scared. People have a fear of speaking up. People have a fear of speaking out. One of the most um, anxious moments for a chief executive is when they have to make a speech on behalf of the company similarly directors and it isn't you know it isn't only the senior people who are in this situation it's oh my goodness it's uh, probably the only people who aren't scared of making speeches are politicians they seem to well they do that for a living uh, and they get <laughs> innumerable practice on their way up to the top so what are, what's an individual employee or an individual director even, or CEO, to do about this? I mean, it's very hard to provide CEOs with training. I mean, some of them, uh, you know, do get one-to-one -one coaching, mentoring, but, you know, senior managers in some companies, nobody invests that much in them. So they do their best. They do their best. And uh, their best may be good enough. I mean, they may be, from some other arena, able to speak in public uh, with confidence and effectively. And, uh, you know, they may be quite successful. I mean, they may actually have learned how to make speeches through their involvement in voluntary organizations and nothing to do with commerce. But, you know, I've been at a, at a meeting this morning which uh, is within an organization which was set up specifically to help people on how to... Over how to get more confident and competent, confident and competent about speaking out. You know, public is just about 
anyone more than two people. And that organization has been around for a long time. It's all over the world. It's a voluntary organization. And a whole load of uh, companies in the United States, a whole load of Fortune 500 companies in the United States, have now got Toastmasters clubs within the organization. Now, this is a big thing. The, uh, the sponsorship by a company of a Toastmasters club certainly saves the company a load of money, but also there's incredible support and a tried way forward through, through uh, Toastmasters. So certainly with all the people that I was at this with this morning, they didn't start off good at public speaking. 94 years ago, Ralph C. Smedley was bothered. He was on the east coast of the United States and men that he knew, including himself, weren't as good at public speaking as they needed to be. All pretty uh, influential, powerful people, or maybe even people who weren't so powerful. But the men weren't able to do public speaking without being afraid of it, without being nervous, and, without, and they weren't able to do it very well. So he set up a little organization or a little group um, to help men to get better so that they'd be more successful in life and he had a philosophy about it and he afterwards wrote that philosophy up but they didn't in those days as would have uh, would have been quite normal in those days uh, he didn't they didn't have any women uh, involved in it uh, I don't know what Ralph uh, C Smedley I don't know what the C stands for but uh, one thing led to another, the um, group uh, was, uh, another group was set up, another group was set up, it spread all over, well it spread to the west coast of the United States where the headquarters of Toastmasters is today. So 94 years later Toastmasters is uh, all over the world and uh, it, there's a high probability that there's a Toastmasters uh, local club uh, within 20 miles of where you are living. And in my case, about 15 minutes away, and I'm driving there right now. The, the Oh, by the way, in case this matters to you, and it does matter a lot to me, uh, Toastmasters did let women in uh, 1973. So, and indeed, today it's not a, a male-dominated organization with a few women. Uh, my experience of it is that the... Uh, <laughs> They're very, very strong women, um, and uh, uh, yeah, and talented women, especially in my local club in Blarney in Cork. I I'm going to a meeting of people from uh, Toastmasters here in Ireland. Well, actually, uh, more local than that, people of Toastmasters here in Cork. Now, there are loads of Toastmasters clubs or little local groups in Cork. Uh, but this is a, a meeting of people from different clubs because Cork has the great honour and responsibility of uh, hosting conference for what's called District 71, which is all Ireland and the whole of the UK with the exception of London, and I hope I've got that right hosting the only conference that Division 71 will hold in 2000 and 
18 and anyone who is going to or hoping to go to the World Speaking Championship uh, will have to be there and this group which has been meeting for quite some time um, is charged with the responsibility of organizing everything. Now, I haven't been involved at all. It's called Safe Haven, by the way, this uh, conference. Uh, there was a small, well, there is a small core group, uh, four people, I think, uh, and this core group is meeting, uh, is setting up and meeting a team, a wider team, uh, today for the first time. And we're meeting in Blarney, which is underneath Blarney Castle, which is where the Blarney Stone is, and which is one of the biggest tourist resorts in Ireland, and where you go if you want to get the gift of the gab by kissing the Blarney Stone. Now, Safe Haven is incredibly important, but it's also a massive opportunity to highlight, uh, showcase, or whatever you want to do, it's celebrate uh, Cork, uh, celebrate Ireland. And this conference will will give a lot of people an opportunity to come to Cork uh, who've never been to Cork before. So what's to be done? What is to be done? What way can this Safe Haven conference organized? Oh, by the way, it's been led by, the organization has been led by a woman called Sharon, Sharon, oh God, oh God, uh, Sharon, anyway, Sharon O'Neill, Sharon O'Neill, yeah, 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 she's my mentor. How to lead and manage. There are things I've been practicing all my life. I even think back to my school days. I had some responsibilities and I had to organize myself. So a huge area of self-management and I had to in some way um, persuade, uh, cajole, cheerlead, uh, influence, show example and all the the various ways of leading that I never knew any theory about so maybe maybe that's a, a, a topic that you're interested in I know you're probably not on anchor in order to get you know the latest advice on how to be a good leader and how to be a good manager so this isn't at all uh, advice giving it's a bit of a story you know yesterday <clears throat> afternoon I went to a hotel in the center of Cork doesn't really matter the name because what happened there um, is not dependent on the name but it has a conference center kind of big conference center and uh, Toastmasters are going to take over that hotel and all the rooms in it next May. But that's another story which we come back to. But yesterday, the, the experience was one of learning about leadership and management. Well, in effect, learning how to lead and manage a local Toastmasters club. And uh, there were a lot of people there, men and women. I suppose they youngest person might have been 25 
and certainly there was one or two in their late 70s if not 80s there so and I, I didn't actually clock the gender balance but I'd say it was about half and half and we got um, tea and coffee and we got a chance to talk to each other and we got a number of presentations we even got a uh, opportunity to sit in a small group I got to sit with a number of the other PR people in I think was it four other clubs or three other clubs um, three other clubs yeah so um, and talk about you know what challenges we had on public relations um, and we had four different challenges one club was uh, trying to get more members well in fact one club was trying to get more members another club was trying to um, get in touch with previous members and get them to uh, rejoin if possible another was uh, what was the other one um, oh dear oh dear and uh, well one club was its public relations priority was internal communications and uh, oh god I'd have to look at my notes to think of what the other one was but it was really interesting four of us had different problems and well I got to do a short um, two-minute presentation to feedback the views of the group but it was it was a nice occasion like there was a break in the middle there were presentations about you know what leaders and managers do in local clubs um, the moments of truth as they're called in Toastmasters you know the exact touch points at which you know a new person coming into Toastmasters or getting going in Toastmasters might become more and more committed attached and to play a, a, a more active role and there was something about our computer system we have a thing a computer system which is incredible it, it, it administers all the administration and gives you a huge amount of information more than you could ever absorb I think and uh, people are at different levels in it I have I have one level of access to it and other people have other levels of access to it and uh, I did do a little informal volunteering to a couple of people that if their club was interested or needed or wanted a bit of uh, coaching advising training on how to use social media I do that but it was a terrific occasion